A very good evening, everyone. A uh, warm welcome, warm Sunday welcome from past pupils of Dr. Kalakanda. I would like to in, uh, welcome Dr. Samir Parik sir. Dr. Samir Parik sir, he is the director of the Department of Mental Health and Behavioral Sciences. He is the head of the Fortis National Mental Health Program. And Dr. Samir Parikh, as you all know, he is an eminent psychiatrist and he has played a significant role in enhancing the image of reach of mental health across the country. He had completed his MBBS and MD in psychiatry from Civil Hospital Ahmedabad, and uh, he has topped the university in both the cases, an MBBS and an MD. And uh, he has launched the Fortis National Mental Health Program. Also, it is one of the most comprehensive, multi-city, multi-centric, uh, with 80 experts. And 20 centers all across India, maybe Delhi, Mumbai, Chennai, Ludhiana, you name it. And the Fortis National Mental Health Program is there. And Dr. Parikh, we all know he is a well-known speaker. He's been there as a TEDx speaker. He's there with the lit fest all around Delhi, Gurugram, Chandigarh, Chennai. And he has been invited through various forums like Fiki and Times, NEI, and uh, talking about the Fortis School Mental Health Program. It is associated with over twenty-five thousand schools, and it is a reach of two million students. And the team conducts interactive talks and workshops for students, uh, for uh, teachers and parents, and to you know address concerns about child and adolescent mental health. And uh, they have peer peer mentoring, uh, based life skill modules, and anti-bullying campaigns also. So, uh, Dr. Samir was very kind enough to give us anti-bullying posters and book on anti-bullying to uh, Don Bosco also, and uh, they have a psyched, which is a national level psychology quiz, which is conducted annually to promote a positive attitude towards psychology. And uh, I would be happy to like everyone who is reaching out that uh, they have two national helplines. One is a twenty-four-seven national helpline, which is eight three seven six eight zero four one zero two, and it is uh, for everyone. So anyone who is in emotional distress or in crisis, you know, this they can call this up, and a uh, help would reach out to them. And they also have a specialized cancer helpline because you know cancer itself takes a lot of toll on people, on patients, on the families, and uh, there are a lot of books which have come by Dr. Samir Parikh sir. Uh, there are DIY life skill workbooks. Let him not sing. The first steps to mental health in a psychological first aid manual written for adult working with children. A to Z of empathy. It's a 26 step help uh, toolkit to uh, enhance empathy and compassion. And learn with Dr. Samir Parikh is a uh, comic series which he has uh, written. And uh, there's another book on raise, raising confident children. A book on parenting. And talking about mental health in the classroom, a mental health curriculum for teachers is also there. And during these COVID nineteen uh, times, he's come out with two e-books, which are don't worry. Here's how you can keep your mind fit during a pandemic, and twenty-one tips for twenty-one days on how to engage your children while working from home. And uh, over to Dr. Parikh. Over to you, sir. Thank you. Um, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Um, thank you, Father. Uh, thank you for the to the entire Don Bosco uh, family. You know, as a mental health advocate, not just as a professional, I I've always had a lot of gratitude whenever people value and prioritize mental health. Right. I think our biggest setback as a society over the past few decades has been. our inability to prioritize mental health our inability to normalize mental health conversations when schools take initiatives when alumni take initiatives when parents teachers children educationists all of us come together and we have a mere conversation on mental health that in itself is going to be life changing for so many people it's not about the tips and frankly there aren't any tips that you don't know i've always believed that when you listen to somebody from the mental health background it's almost like a revision that all that your children your teachers and parents have been telling you over the years it's just going to be reminded to you it's just that in our day to day hassle full of life we you know lose some of these things and it's like a revision of sorts psychology is at best common sense and not 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 a very complex science but what is complex in spite of coming so naturally to mankind is empathy compassion values you know i think it's this component of life 
and losing this component gradually over the past several decades i think that is something that i reflect as um, us as an adult population letting our future generations down you know before i come Great. to covid um uh, just just while we were starting this and i was talking about my school days you know as a school kid um uh, studying in st xavier's now when i reflect back in my years one of the uh, periods that we had uh, twice a week was a period called moral science yeah, yeah. I, if i'm not mistaken we had it on mondays and fridays a uh, fourth period okay. at least in school and uh, at that time one couldn't understand why this is there and today when i talk to young people and i keep harping on values i realize the importance of those times when values were a part of curriculum right because oh, we right. cannot make bots we have to make human beings right and that that's one thing and the other one for all you parents out there you know when people ask me to reflect on my career and how my schools contributed i'll give you two examples one of my hindi teacher late mr bhaskar god bless him uh shaped a lot of my life essentially because from grade 7 he somehow found that i could speak um, in public and from grade 7 to grade 12 uh, i have taken so many extempores and poetry oh. and prose and this and that that you can wake me up from my sleep now and i can deliver a session and i know how that has shaped my career that's great yeah. for all of you who need to understand that you know it's not merely the marks of science and math that shape your career there is a lot more into the career and the second example i'll give you is of my bio teacher mr mirinda no all throughout my 11th and 12th he didn't ask me whether i was studying or not that was a given for him what he kept on asking me was that do you still play your guitar and are you still playing your cricket or not Bravo. because he knew and i couldn't realize at that time that you know your bio teacher is not telling you to study when you are appearing in your uh, pmt as we used to call it at that time now you call it neat it used to be pmt for us pre medical test and i realize now as a psychiatrist when i talk to young people and tell them learn to take breaks develop hobbies play sports you play sports develop hobbies learn to take breaks your academic performance will become better Great. it's not that if you stop everything and just go into a room and keep studying no that's not how academics is going to shape up in any case marks only the last marks have a meaning for about 24 to 48 hours you know result result has a shelf life of 48 hours you have your result today 48 hours go you start the next next semester next batch next year that result is forgotten has no meaning so when i so when you go to uh, 11th nobody cares about your 10th marks you go to 12th or 11th marks are lost you go to college who cares about your 12th marks you go to uh, post graduation your undergrad marks have lost meaning you do super specialization your specialization loses meaning you are in a job well your only current appraisal matters how good you were 2 years back has no meaning right that's life for you so when students come and talk to me i keep telling them you know exam is a continuum it's it's a present continuous it, it's never going to stop my taking this session with you is also an exam of its sorts last sunday i was having a similar webinar back home uh, with back home i i studied from gujarat so my my seniors wanted us to do a webinar and one of the moderators was actually my senior who taught me a lot and he was asking questions and i told him that you know i still get anxiety when you ask me questions i am not 20 <laughs> years this so you ask me question i'm scared still scared of giving you the a wrong answer um, life doesn't stop testing you so young people yeah. this one's for you take exam as a skill building opportunity take result as a learning opportunity keep moving forward don't look back uh, you're all going to have a fantastic successful life as long as you don't compare your life to somebody else's now from that let's talk about covid you know all of us here i mean i'm, I'm probably the oldest here uh at least on the screen uh, varun and kenshuk look uh, far younger kenshuk was a junior and father you look uh, way too young as uh, <laughs> so, uh, i i am nearing 60 next year i'll be 60 well <laughs> i'm younger to you by age but you sure look younger to me <laughs> so, you know um, none of us in our lifetime has even remotely being exposed to something as significant as what is happening right now so before we talk about the mental health of covid we need to appreciate the sheer unprecedented 
episode in the history of mankind that we are experiencing across the world. It's not about our country alone. It's across the world. What the nearest one that we can remember is what the Spanish flu. None of us was there. We, none of us knew what a, a pandemic is. I come from healthcare. Can you come from healthcare? We've not got trained in pandemic. Nobody thought that something like this could ever happen. So something that is so unprecedented, so significant, something that has affected every individual's life is bound to give us a lot of stress and anxiety. Now it's up to us. How do we channelize this and bring a change in ourselves, fight this, win over this, so generations to come have a new learning of what to do as years come by. And I think that's the approach we need to have. Over the past four months or so, I've been talking to a lot of people. So three, broadly, three kinds of anxieties and stresses people have been talking to me about. One, the anxiety that what if I get the illness, what if my family gets the illness? Second, how do I deal with the uncertain future? Third, how do I deal with this, this new style of life? Earlier from a lockdown, now work from home, partial openness, this flexibility, there's so many changes as they call it the new normal. How do I deal with it? Broadly, these three things, let's look at them one by one. Having an anxiety about the illness is as human, as natural, as normal as it gets. How can you not get it? I'll give you my own example. A couple of weeks back, uh, as you go to, uh, we go to our hospital to work, you know, my Arogya Setu turned its color. So I could enter, had to go through a screening, had to go through a test. Those 24 hours were very, very, very interesting. You know, right from standing in the flu clinic and waiting for the results to come. And what came to my mind was, if I turn positive, you know, I have four people above the age of 80 at home, what will happen? How will I manage the quarantine? How will I manage this? How will I manage that? Who else could have been affected? That's normal. And when it came negative, the relief, normal. So if I don't understand, utilize this anxiety into preventive strategies, that's my mistake. What are the mistakes I make? I keep following news about data and graph that I do not understand. What is that number going to do? It's a number. All you need to know is what you should do to be safe. You keep looking at social media, keep forwarding, you know, more often than not incorrect information. Because largely what you see comes from unwarranted sources. We don't know what the source is. We don't know what is the research. So there's all sorts of news floating around in social media. Stop doing it. The only thing you need to know, the health ministry advisory, the medical advisory, you look at the sanitization component, the safety component, the work from home component, keeping children and senior citizens safe, not going to crowded places, using a mask, hand hygiene. Put all of this together. Put your preventive strategies together. That will give you confidence. It's like a diabetic who's told by the doctor, take your meds, do your exercise, do your diet, you'll be fine. So the patient feels the confidence. Okay, I'm now doing what I can. So I don't need to be anxious about what happens next. To prevent the anxiety of the illness, do 100 out of 100 on your preventive measures. And 100 out of 100 here is very important. So you can't have your mask sometimes on and sometimes here. That doesn't work. You can't say, oh, this is my best friend. He won't give me COVID. He may not know whether he has it or not. So it's not that he's going to give it to you as some kind of a sweet dish, right? You can't look at it like that. Prevention is prevention. It needs to be 100 or 100. That will give you confidence. And when people come and tell me, I feel that I'm in these four walls, caged in my four walls, I tell them, rephrase it. You've created a fortress to prevent an external enemy from entering your okay. doorstep. So fortress, fortress is positive. Cage, wall, negative, have positive connotations to fight anxiety. Wonderful. Going to the next anxiety, which is uncertainty of the future. Future is uncertain. That's a fact. We do not know when and how the schools would reopen. We do not know when and how public transport starts. We do not know when with the NEET exam, for example, happen. I'm, I'm a medical 
practitioner, so need obviously has a lot of meaning for all of us. We do not know what happens to the jobs, the pay cuts, the economy. We do not know. All we know is we need to do our best, and then we take it as it comes. So my mantra for everybody who struggles with the uncertainty of the future and its anxiety: only one mantra. Don't look at tomorrow. Look at today only. One day at a time. Your focus needs to be here and now. Only today. Have a good today. We'll think about tomorrow. Tomorrow, not today. Because what's not in your control? What's the point of thinking about it? You just focus and think about your today. So, what do you do today? You stay positive. There is so much negativity around us. You bring positivity. If you read something negative, share something positive. If on social media somebody shares a negative message, bombard it with positivity. If there is somebody around you who is struggling, give them motivation. Give them positive strokes. Bring positivity. Second, be productive. Now, productivity is not merely your work. Productivity is also looking at your home, the tasks, the chores you do at home. That's also being productive. So, young people, lend a hand to your hand to your parents in taking care of the home. Make your beds. You know, help your parents in maybe doing a little bit of cooking here and there. Take care of those things that you can do. That's what you do, which is being productive. And for all you working adults, do not measure your productivity with pre-COVID times. It's not a comparable comparison. These are two different components. None of us can be at that level of productivity, especially for all you teachers taking online classes. The mere fact you are taking online classes is remarkable, because let's accept it. None of us was trained in it. I have taken more webinars in the last three months and more digital engagements in the last three months than in my twenty-year career span. I didn't know how to take them. I still don't know. I still have a young colleague who comes up and sets up this computer and tells me, "You just have to speak when it's over. Call one of us." Right? You have to learn to accept it. So productivity is doing whatever best you can do in the given situation without comparing to a situation which was completely different. So feel the productivity and be productive. And the third component is connectivity. We are all in very, very fortunate times because of the internet that we have. Imagine the world during the Spanish flu. Imagine if this phase would have happened 50 years back, 20 years back, without those smartphones, without the 4Gs and 5Gs. Imagine. Imagine if the communication was still a telegram or a postcard. Imagine. Today, at least, we have the opportunity on our fingers to click a button and see somebody living across the world. So those who say that we feel lonely, pick up your phone. You know, I've been told all this while in the last decade. I work so much. I don't have time for me. I don't have time for my family. I don't have time for my hobbies. I uh, I wish there was work from home. I wish there was flexible routine. Well, all your wishes are granted. Stop complaining. <laughs> I mean, what better way to work than from work from home where you have your family out there, right? What better way to create relationships and make them stronger again that you are. Spending time with your family and friends. So positivity, productivity, connectivity—that's the mantra. One day at a time to deal with the uncertainty of the future. Now let's come to the third one, which is how do you deal with the new normal? You accept it. You don't fight it. You accept it, so that you can fight it, but you don't deny it. So how do you do your work from home? And for all you young people out there, for your Uh, classes online and teachers. This is for you. First, fix up your wake up time. I don't care what time you are sleeping. Wake up time needs to be fixed. Because if your wake up time is not fixed, then your day just goes for a toss. Then lethargy, laziness, boredom, procrastination, dullness, all of them start creeping in. Wake up on time. Create what we call as a work window. Now, work window applies to everybody. Work window is like school time. Starts at X. I mean, let's say eight a.m. Finishes at two p.m. or something on those lines. Your work window could be nine a.m. to four p.m. or five p.m. Whatever it is, create a work window before it, 
after it no work because in work from home you will need to create a good enough boundary demarcation between your home and work both mentally and physically the size of your home doesn't matter it's just that you need to fix the location which is your workplace so your mind knows this is where i switch on this is where i switch off so mind doesn't feel the pressure so work work window work station both are very important start your work on time do lots of video calls with your colleagues we go to work for two purposes task which is productive social which is engagement what is missing right now is the social engagement videos take care of that and you keep checking on each other are you doing fine is everything fine at your home especially for people who are single parents people who are living far away people who are living by themselves people who have seen a citizens at home so as colleagues stand up for them show compassion show empathy show genuine care now this is for students and teachers i am in favor of online classes let me be very very clear about it i am in principle in favor of online classes but let me also tell you why not for the academics i am in favor of online classes because think about it it's what about two plus four months almost we passed the summer vacation if let's say a couple of weeks more or less you can't be having children doing nothing for five to six months you can't have their day to day lifestyle going for a toss so online classes to me they start by bringing routine back to children's life so they know they have to get ready they know i have to they have to start their day that routine brings normalcy which is the next reason why i want it to happen why normalcy because all around you in this covid atmosphere most people are home some people are going some people are not going masks and all these anxiety provoking situations now this is normalcy where you are studying where you are doing your homework where do you are engaging with your peers and teachers which is the third reason why online classes are important it brings the peer social network connection the mere fact that you have this online class where you can see your friends you can see your teacher that brings in so much of positivity normalcy and routine that's why online classes are important for younger children let there be classes which are all about activities and fun for middle you can add a bit of academics for senior a little bit more of academics let's be honest to ourselves our ability to have academic output that we had when we had actual physical classes is not going to happen on online let's be honest to our own selves whatever we do it's a bonus because without it even this wouldn't have been there we need children safe but we need them to feeling productive mentally stimulated but yes i do feel classes should be lesser classes should have gaps in between classes so that children are encouraged to take a break so that their posture their eyes the digital fatigue can all be under control and classes must have where teachers engage children at least for a short time on how are they doing helping them talk to each other encouraging their interactions outside the class time also ensuring peer to peer interaction happens for those who have young children at home let your bedrooms be their playgrounds let them do as much physical activity that they want to do let them play some ball out there that's quite fine they'd much rather have play a ball and maybe uh, make a mess of your room rather than going out in the garden and you know getting exposed to something so let them do that but stimulate them board games hobbies uh family time that will help them if you have teenagers at home give them more space don't get after their life but encourage them to keep talking to their friends because peer to peer bonding for a teenager matters a lot if you have senior citizens at home ensure that they spend time in their rooms only during rest and sleep because remaining time they should be where everybody else is there make sure there is a family you do a lot of video calls with your extended family with your distant cousins people whom you've been always close to but lost connection because life took over this is an opportunity to rekindle those connections connect to your alumni connect to your neighborhood connect to your school friends connect to your old people from your past bring those bonds back that's how you will bring positivity 
and all this social isolation, physical isolation, bit will be thrown out of the window by staying connected. Video calls, your option one. Audio calls, option two. Then comes text. Don't do the reverse. Video, audio, only then text. Right? Yeah. That's that's how you engage. You yourself start picking up and do something new. Pick up a hobby. Do something new. Pick up something creative to do. Children will learn and appreciate it, and be encouraged to do the same. Have a good lifestyle. Do some physical activity. Some yoga, pranayam. You can do within your confines of your home as well. Hydrate yourself well. Eat well. Let all meal times be family times. Let all television time be family time, so that there is more bonding, more conversations happening. Reduce your own digital time in a way that you are spacing it, because right now all we have is digital time. We are talking to friends digitally. We are doing our work digitally. We are doing our homework digitally. So just space it in a way that you don't feel a lot of fatigue, and that's how you bring all your, uh, you know, well-being approach together. So if I summarize this for you, anxiety of the illness normal. Use preventive methods. You'll feel better. Anxiety of the future's uncertainty normal. Focus on now. Have a good lifestyle. Look at children, senior citizens, teenagers. Ensure that you talk to each other. Unmute yourself. Don't bottle up. Share things. Talk. Bring positivity. Bring positive conversation. Remember, all of you, a pandemic is a pandemic because it is pan. It affects everybody. So, me as an individual has no meaning. How I'm going through it doesn't have much meaning. What we do collectively, that has a meaning. So this is a time where there's a lot of learning for us. We've learned, we've learned that minimalistic living is possible. We've learned that we can take care of our own selves, our homes, and our lives by ourselves. Also, we've learned that we weren't spending so much time with each other, and it's so wonderful that we can do that and continue to do that. We've learned that the medical fraternity, the way it has worked as frontline. Warriors of COVID putting their own lives and their families stake. It's inspiring. There are so many inspiring stories of altruism happening all around us, where people have lent their support to people who were in need, people who were in help. These are inspiring stories, and these need to be shared. And that's how you beat a pandemic by values, by social collectivism, by altruism. By empathy and by compassion, so let's bring compassion and altruism out of our closet. Let's use all our genuine empathy and create a path for children where they recognize that the true self is a self that is full of compassion for others, and that's an opportunity COVID is giving us, which all of us need to take. On that note, I'll now start taking questions. Stay positive and stay connected. Wow. Nice, Doctor Barak. Very nice, nice little talk for Doctor Barak. Thank you so much, Doctor. We've uh, already got some questions while you were speaking, so I'll take up the questions now. Uh, this one is from Mr. Pratik Sudhu. He is part of the Alumni Association. Doctor, uh, he is asked about the uh, youngsters. Basically, he says that. Uh, Uh, that the young often suffer in silence as they are unaware of the impact of stress and the symptoms of deteriorating mental health. So, he wants your views on this, uh, doctor, and your suggestions for the younger generation. So, a couple of things, Pratik. I appreciate your question, and I think you're spot on with your concern. Um, I do feel that mental health curriculum needs to become an integral part of our educational system. With Macmillan, for example, we did a book last year, which is mental health curriculum, where you train teachers so that through the 12, 13 years that children are in the school, mental health conversations become normalized. But not only that you build resilience, but you encourage help-seeking behavior, also by helping young people identify what is stress, what is mental health, so that they can reach out. Second aspect: we as adults need to normalize mental health. Media needs to be very responsible, especially entertainment media, where portrayal of mental health and mental illness needs to be very, very sensitive but effectively correct. And they can't be using in the name of creative freedom, showing factually incorrect information. I don't think that ever helps. I feel schools and education systems need to uh, look at life skill education 
as an integral component of our academic system because this is the only age group where you actually have an influencing ability because physically they are with you it's once they go out of school that's when you know the other influences are a lot more and in these times i think media literacy is one of the most important skills because young people's life are going to be largely governed by all sorts of media messages and social media that's going to happen put all of this together and you'll be able to take care of young people's mental health uh dr samir i would also like to you know uh, bring to your notice that sir so many youth uh, right now who are uh, facing loss of job and you know uh, because of that there is a lot of stress because their livelihoods are based on the youth who is the core of the family so how to deal with that kind of a stress if somebody is having because the work is you know reduced for everyone so that stress how to you know you know uh, because nobody can vent it out so how to do how to uh, approach can you two three things about situation? it first of all do not let it become a personalized experience in terms of being critical of your own self i think that's the first thing we need to understand i had the ability i was doing fine an external episode took place which affected the entire world because of which right now i don't have a job which does not mean i don't have the ability or the skill once the environment stabilizes things start going back to normal i need to back myself that my education my skill my ability my aptitude is very much within me and once this phase goes away i'll be able to reachieve what i have achieved second aspect families need to come together let's be very clear people who will come out positively post the pandemic are people who are going to have genuine significant connected support systems because when families and friends come together and say hey we'll do this together you don't have to worry that's what gives confidence so both things are important what about it uh, there's another question for the babu vogas he's our past uh, principal for uh, sabir he says uh, some individuals are having problems with sleep waking up many times at night due to anxiety this is more with those who have come in contact with somebody who is covid positive or in their family somebody is covid positive so what do you suggest for these people uh, dr parik two aspects to this uh, two aspects one for most people sleep has reduced and we need to understand sleep has reduced because our physical activity and mental activity both have also reduced so the kind of fatigue that we were experiencing that has gone through change being work from home being in that same atmosphere has also had an impact that's why during my session i said keep your wake up time fixed so that's one thing you know do some basic sleep hygiene keep a 45 minute gap between the last television program screen digital interface that you had and going to bed make sure that you read or listen to light music from bed but do not do any other stimulating activity reduce your caffeine intake drastically do physical activity during the day do some breathing exercises during the day they all help in relaxation and when you are experiencing stress frankly you will have to talk about it to somebody we make a mistake by keeping quiet when you keep quiet you bottle it up that creates more of anxiety in you and then i also feel listening to positive stories coming out please remember predominant significant predominant percentage of people come out extremely positively with positive outcomes in covid we must understand that as well uh, sir i would like to ask a question uh, for the elderly like the parents of the alumni and and who like who are elderly you know they have their own set of problems uh, during these times because these are most stressful times for them because they are sitting at home but still they have a lot of fear and anxiety and you know how do elderly how, how what should be a youth's attitude and how they should uh, deal with it the elderly at house i think communication can should communication you need to make sure that all people at home continue to communicate especially with the elderly so that they don't feel alone by themselves yeah. uh, we also need to make sure that we connect them uh, to people whom they are close to wherever they are in the world get them to do a lot of video audio calls so they feel that spend some television time together seeing what they like doing ensure 
that meal times you all sit together it's these these basic things of communication and togetherness that 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 can bring so much positivity in the lives of senior citizens dr parik now uh, i have a question about, about the young uh, young kids they're not going to school last four months they're at home like my own child you know i i see you know he's i mean i think they're going to cry about uh, three four times in the last last two three months he says i want to go out and play i want to meet my friends in school so how do you uh, deal with these kids it's really getting difficult you know he starts to cry at night it will happen and that's why we need to stimulate children which means the day of your child needs to be filled with several aspects which includes a bit of play which includes a bit of a cats which includes some hobbies that your child likes but get a lot of engagement with his or her friends that's very important encourage phone calls do a bit of video meetings like you are doing here you know there are so many softwares get together you know do some friday evening with friends tell his friends and the parents to come together so do these experimentations so your child would not feel loss of peer communication the peer network component is very very important it's not merely the going out and play it's playing with friends it's that friend thing that the child is missing so just ensure that you try and uh, fill in those slots by making your child have more facilities to be able to engage digitally uh, with his or her friends Uh, okay. so like you're not talking about children so i will also like talk about my children uh, i'll just take it up like my kids are 5 years old and they like to play a lot of avengers and you know those uh, i feel that brings a lot of aggression in them so they are boys and uh, you know how one should uh, deal with that because you know they like to play with those toys and i think that that has a lot of violence in those you know cartoons yes. and yes. i am king should not in favor of aggression and violent games at all in since 1950s there is robust evidence that watching or playing aggressive games brings out aggression in children they get desensitized disinhibited to aggression there is imitation of aggression they feel aggression is a way of life from role models in entertainment media from sports people showing aggressive behavior on for sports field from cartoons to books i think we need to really really bring on on our aggression exposure that we are giving young people this is just and it's not really in your control to be honest as a parent it's not possible for you to completely switch it off mm. because children when they get exposed to other children then they would feel the pressure of being a part of what others are doing mm. my thought is a couple of things schools should talk about aggression and media literacy so that you take away the glamour component out of the media portrayal of aggression tell them how to shot how to spectralize so media literacy components of who makes it who makes advantage out of it what is faulty what is correct you deglamorize it for them in my opinion uh, aggressive game should be played in presence of parents so that you can also act as filters and you know stop them at the right time make sure that if they are still exposed to it you also expose them to other things like a lot of relaxing activities as well but consistently talk about how aggression is not a good behavior which is very very important we have glamorized aggression right that is not okay there is nothing okay about any form of violence any form of bullying any form of abusing there is nothing okay about it doctor one more question about the kids i wanted to ask now Now some kids, you know, they are. I mean, their brain is like they want to go out and play. They want to run. They want to exercise. They want to actually go out. They don't want to do you know indoor uh, games or you know online stuff. Now, what to do with these kids? You know, how how do they deal with their you know their wish to go out and run or or play you know football or play basketball? What do these kids do? You educate them. You tell them why we are not going out. You use the example of a mosquito repellent. or a mosquito net you use their example you tell them why do you use it you tell them that during the dengue season why do we say that wear four sleeve clothes why do we say that you know in the evenings you don't go out why don't we collect water you help them understand children are very very smart people you just need to trust their intelligence in any case they are more intelligent than people our age right their intelligence going up like this ours is coming down like this so educate them participant involve them in decision making explain logic involve them bring some nuance in it but then give them more space in your house 
to break a few rules. So that's also that you will need to compensate. And like I said, I'd rather have a bed that is dirty right now than a child playing football outside. Dr. Parikh, this question is from uh, Ms. Joshi, Anrata Joshi. She wants to ask you, uh, how much does writing a routine journal work in managing uh, stress and anxiety? So, Avnita, my response to this would be different people, different personalities, they will be benefited by different, different things based on what fits in with them. Yes, journal writing would be very good for a lot of people who have uh, that kind of uh, an ability or let's say the skill or even the, the enjoyment factor that yes, they like doing it, but some may not. That's why if you look at the entire component of expressive art or using creativity, journal writing could be something, poetry could be something, reading could be something, uh, taking care of plants and pets could be for some people, classical music, dance, movement. So there are so many other things, play, coloring, lots of aspects can have a role in anxiety management. All of them encompass in what we call, what, let's say, be a part of expressive art therapy. So pick what suits you. You don't need to imitate somebody else. If something works for A, may not really work for B. But each person needs to pick up a go-to activity which acts as a de-stressor for them. Okay. But another question is from Ms. Isha Khosla. I think it's a similar question to the one you just answered about uh, writing of feelings in a, in a diary. And she says uh, further, especially when you have trust issues with the people around you and you can't share feelings with your friends and family. Which are two different answers. Answer to the first one is the same. If writing a diary helps you, please go ahead. But the answer to the second one is you'll need to find people whom you trust. You'll need to develop bonds which are trustworthy. You'll have to make meaningful relationships. That's important. Right? A diary will never substitute friends and family. So if mm. friends and family, there is something that needs to be resolved, resolve it. But uh, these need to be seen as two completely different things. Both can be very, very important. Nothing beats uh, social support systems, real social support systems, especially for young people listening to this. Know how many followers, how many likes, how many forwards, uh, how many friends on your social media accounts. Frankly, it's just a number which has absolutely no meaning in life. What matters is the relationship that counts, the person you can connect with, enjoy with, reach out for help, feel comforted. That's friendship. Doctor, no, I have two uh, similar questions from Ms. Parul Singh and Ms. Tafsi Bhattacharya. So they're asking, uh, can parents utilize this time to teach their children some basic household work like quality uh, as, as quality engagement, like arranging toys, clothes, books, or doing the cooking work in the, in the kitchen with the, with the mom, sometimes uh, preparing some dishes, tea along with their parents? Absolutely. Absolutely. These are teaching moments. I'll just add one more thing. Cooking with the mom. Not correct. Cooking with mom and dad. Both mom and dad should be cooking. Both mom and dad should be doing all household works. Let's not bring gender to any roles in life. <laughs> but nice. yes, we should involve children in household uh, work. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a good skill for them to develop. And I, most children that I've talked to and most, um, we've been doing a lot of, we've done summer internship with almost 50,000 kids. Most of them are loving uh, doing some tasks at home. So that, that's quite okay. Just don't make it feel like uh, something where they're going to be evaluated. Let them feel uh, almost like little adults doing yeah. a bit of task and all of us being in the same boat and they'll do it for you. Marotta, mostly we have you know, moms on online rather than fathers. What, what, what I can see from the chat. Yeah, yeah there should be no agenda. If, yeah. if fathers are yeah, not yeah. here, your alumni should give them a call and get them on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Not this next question from Mr. Ajit Gurjar. He says many people have lost their jobs during this COVID times and they're quite depressed because they don't have enough money to run their family, you know, their households. So what should these people do to, you know, uh, uh, basically beat their stress, their tension in, in these times? No, Ajit, this is not an easy answer to give, to be honest. Um, it's truly a difficult uh, aspect and one can only empathize. My answer to this uh, is that society needs to find its own support systems to be able to stand up and take care of those who are struggling more. Societal support has to happen. Um, I also feel family and friend support systems need to come together 
for individuals who are struggling in any which way emotionally physically economically in any which way there is there is no other tip except support system the only thing like i mentioned uh, just don't let it get into one's own self i think that's important because it's not individual a or b who are going through a job or a pain related issue or an economic concern it's across the board and across the world so and it's happened because of something external not internal so it's not that i haven't done my job well i haven't been a good enough with my work it's because the times were such that certain things happen so i continue to back myself and wait for my time to come back i think that's very important mm-hmm. doctor um, next question i'll take is uh, this is about news ms amrita joshi asked that nowadays you know news is adding to the stress so she, she wants to know how can we stay in touch with the news without getting these uh, you know stressful feelings which the news gives you nowadays i have stopped watching news <laughs> <laughs> I stop watching news. I probably just keep myself updated by um, reading uh, once a day. That's about it. But I don't do it every few hours, every few minutes. I don't think that's a solution. It just keeps you preoccupied with certain aspects, and it brings a lot of distress and anxieties, and it takes you away from other things you could have done. I have to do what I have to do. What's happening out there is happening out there. Constant reminder. and banging uh, on my head is not going to uh, solve any purpose i just need to stay positive and continue being do what i have to do but i have uh, frankly just stopped following news in that way i have completely shifted to reading just for about 10 minutes or 15 minutes so that i know if i need to change anything in my own social engagement vis-a-vis my role as a civilian responding to the societal needs of taking care of prevention of covid that's the only reason i need to be updated doctor somebody has asked a question not linked to covid per se mr kaval bedi so is it normal to be absolutely fearless and extremely outgoing professionally however do not even feel okay to speak with people around personally yes that can happen that can happen because we become somebody at work and we do what we are supposed to do it almost becomes a, a thing to do right so you have a role in your role you add the personality component and that's what happens most of these individuals who struggle to bring that personality to their personal space are also people who lose all the steam while they are working and they give it all and they don't have much left that's where our work life balance becomes topsy turvy and makes us more prone into burnout in in the long run so uh, i think one needs to create boundaries and one needs to invest in uh, family relationships and friends because to be able to have a successful fruitful healthy psychologically and socially an enhanced sense of self and well-being you will need to balance both sides okay uh, sir i was reading about uh, that there is a lot of in-house violence or uh, the increased cases of violence within after the lockdown and uh, so how it should be approached and uh, should the how should these people reach out yeah kingshuk my thought on this is very clear i think uh, there is no justification no trigger no reason no rational no external internal reason that justifies any form of violence society needs to have zero tolerance to violence of any form especially domestic violence because it needs to be your safest place yeah. okay i even this conversation that because of a reason it has increased or decreased a reason doesn't matter whether the frequency was less or more wrong is wrong absolutely society needs to have zero tolerance towards violence doctor uh, i had a question now any um, what about the corporates you see now uh, the corporates are in, uh, i think you're dealing with so many cases in their offices somebody has 15 cases 20 cases 30 cases and then people take leave they have to go back home they are you know maybe locked down for a few weeks they would come back to the office they would not meet their colleagues you know and some people have lost lost their loved ones also so the corporate environment is quite stressed nowadays and you know, online working also is causing a lot of stress the managers are sitting at home so this is quite stressful nowadays i mean what i've seen how can the corporates you know uh, try and beat this stress in the company so corporate is also a part of the society whether it's a school a corporate an ngo a home an rwa we all have to do the same things you need to be compassionate you need to bring a level of generosity 
and you need to bring a level of collectively working together take care of the struggling vulnerable people and do your best in supporting and do doing the work that you can do best and have a good work life balance i think the corporate sector needs to value mental health outcomes beyond the ebitas beyond the pnls mental health outcomes need to be prioritized by corporate india because it's not only about your attritions and your bottom lines and your top lines it's also what happened to the mental well being of these employees who were working with you at the end of the year so prioritize mental health outcomes normalize mental health conversations create support systems create mentoring cascades that's how very similar to schools you have school counselors teachers teachers who do counseling principals and vice principals do their own counseling you have uh, counselors who do their own work then parents take a role senior children help junior children that's how it works use that environment positivity pick that up put it in your corporate system and you will be able to deliver but somehow when we become as adults and competition and numbers and all start getting into us we just become you know race masters and uh, number masters we just stop becoming people you know become people people are about emotions and values and you know compassion and empathy you bring that in life and your bottom line will be better and top line will be better in any case if your mm-hmm. mental health outcomes are positive the organization is bound to do well sir i want to talk about like uh, has the substance abuse uh, during these times for the youth has increased and how should it be dealt with because you no know, substance abuse uh, is increasing what we are seeing uh, nowadays it has become the new normal uh, among youth that you know uh, rather than being shunned away now now people feel pride that you know they are doing some kind of a substance abuse so what is your uh, outlook towards it and as schools and as youth about substance, no, substance abuse substance abusing young people is very very unfortunate uh i don't think it has anything to do with covid even before that it was a concern it continues to be a concern right now uh i think all of us uh, educationists parents role models of the society we need to be very very careful and we need to continue to educate and empower our children with skills and abilities that they are able to uh, say no say no every time not just the first time but every time and uh, you know they help their friends say no but substance abuse need to be um, seen very very seriously because if you have a young person who starts using a substance essentially looking at a life that is completely lost for them doctor also now you know uh, the work has come home you see the online working people are having video calls or you are living in two bedroom flats or you know, three three bedroom flats now there are you know couple is working in both both the bedroom your mom is cooking in the kitchen this this work is coming home actually you know the stress also is coming home somehow how should you deal with this like i said and that's why i said it that you will need to create a workstation for each individual for that individual all work should happen limited to that space which mentally becomes a demarcation so that other become other place becomes a personal space that's the only way to look at it or one question from uh, father babu again suggestions to make sure that relationships do not strain as we stay in confined spaces these days i think except the fact that everybody is on the edge everybody is a bit anxious everybody can actually uh, not always be in the best of their control so give more space to each other than what you've given in the past um indulge in activities that both people or each person in the family like doing to increase good moments by actively putting in the effort on good moments bad moments are not in our control they'll uh, they'll be there around us every time so just increase those good moments do activities that people like doing together enjoy the togetherness so that when you know things are not going your way and then take a back step every time you think something's not going fine you don't need to confront just need to take a back step let things cool down not another linked question to what i asked some time back sir uh, learning new skills every day what it means you know at skills or tasks at work every day uh, and multitasking at home how should the balance be maintained so work as work, long as you are as long as you are not doing multiple tasks at the same time it's fine we all do multitasking in any case just don't do two things at the same time don't text and drive right don't text and watch a film don't text and uh, uh, do anything else so that's one aspect second aspect learning new skills every day is a brilliant thing happening because it continues to stimulate our mind makes us better people we either look at it positively or negatively that's in our control 
like I said, I haven't done. I mean, I did not know most of these softwares that are there. I still don't know how to use most of them. But well, it's been a learning experience. I mean, I, I'm being honest. Up, uh, uh, we do summer internship every year for grade eleventh and twelfth class psychology students. Probably three years plus we've been doing it now, or four. I don't remember. We were not going to have it this year. We thought, how will we do it? How they can't come to the hospital? We aren't going to the hospital. What will they be exposed to? Then we started getting feedback from students that you know, please do an internship. We like doing it. So I said, okay, fine. I have not been able to teach children for a while because you know we have twenty hospitals across so many cities, so one can't go every place. We have other young experts doing it. So I said, okay, I'll take it uh, myself. And we had, if I'm not mistaken, about what fifteen to twenty thousand children. From the country who took part in an internship, right? And every day that I did internship, they asked me in one hour more than two thousand questions. Okay. So, and when I completed one batch of internship, I had to do a second batch, a third batch, because of how much children wanted. They then asked the teachers this, so we did a sports psychology internship, psycho oncology, art based therapy, psychotherapy, fashion psychology. So it's they who were after us. Now teachers, this now teachers that. So these are opportunities. If you just continue to do your best with sincerity, young people will give you a lot more of opportunity. And I strongly believe we should learn from young people. It's not the reverse. There's nothing that young people have to learn from us. Um, right. We are not great role models. They are. If we learn from them and change ourselves, the world would be a better place. Absolutely. Uh, this is in. Uh... There's a big question. Just a minute, doctor. In case of COVID-positive people who are really suffering, most of the cases they are rejected by the community. Of course, we should maintain social distancing for safety, but we should be emotionally attached with them. Can teachers spread this awareness? Yes, they should. Yes, teachers, parents, young people, social media, through conversations, in whichever way we can help people reduce stigma, we should be doing that. You know, mental health has been stigmatized for generations. It's so unfortunate that we are making a virus-infected illness also be stigmatized, and clearly none of us has a choice whether we get the virus or not. And yet we end up falling prey to all sorts of communications and narratives which are happening and get the better out of us. That's why I said positive communication, positive stories, altruism stories, compassion stories need to be shared. And yes, our teachers have a role to play. Please continue to play the role that you do. Uh, Dr. Samir sir, I think you have uh, given us wonderful insights, and I think Father Davis would also, you know, want to have some interaction with teachers and uh, students also in in the coming weeks. So, uh, would would like your uh, you know thoughts on that, and uh, would you be interested in you know uh, uh, shaping the teachers and the students because your talk is filled with so much of positivity, which is uh, very much required, you know, uh, in, in the confines of space and and we we, we are in four corridors but you said it's the you use positive words like you are in a fortress so so i think uh, you, you are paving a way of positiveness uh, for all of us uh, father davis and i think yeah. Varun, you can take up some questions also yeah there's been, yeah, been a wonderful section doctor um, we, we speak of uh, when we are faced with fear the fight flight or face uh, activity that we do and you are really telling us we cannot fly from the situation. We need to face it, face it uh, positively, face uh, by connectivity, by productivity. And uh, I would say by positivity that you have highlighted so much. Empathy, compassion, these are values that have come out so strongly from, from your talk. And I think relationship is the heart of everything. If we have a, a soul that is filled with... Uh, empathy, a soul that is filled with uh, compassion, it will naturally flow out to others and help others. And uh, from your uh, talk, we feel that this situation can be overcome, uh, this anxiety that we have for illness or this fear of uh, the future or uh, changes that we need to make in our life. These are very much possible. And uh, we, we need to become like doctors have become warriors Individually, we need to become, each one of us have to become a positivity warrior, sharing a lot of uh, altruism, uh, sympathy, compassion, and that is possible for every one of us. Need not be a doctor, need not be a teacher. Every one of us can be a positivity warrior. 
And I think that's a big take for me from uh, the, the, the session that you have given. And so many stress busters you have suggested uh, in different areas that can be done in the, in the family, in the school, by teachers, by students. And uh, they're all gems of uh, your experience. That, uh, that has come forward. And I take, I have been busy penning down some of this so that I can share it later on with my teachers, with my students, with my parents. And uh, it was very, very enriching for me to listen to every word that you have spoken. And uh, actually, my paper is full of uh, uh, inputs that you have been giving and I've been constantly writing, not interacting much, but taking down every precious uh, suggestions. And uh, more than that, your personality that has come out through this session is so gentle, so full of uh, positivity, so full of uh, compassion, uh, so full of empathy. Truly, that's why you are a leading psychiatrist and, uh, uh, and, and a counselor and a friend for those who are in need. Truly caring. I am really a great admirer of yours. Dr. Sameer Malik for being with us and uh, being so supportive and you know coming forward to you know giving a talk at one go and uh, we are we are very proud to you know have you with us. I think uh, God bless you and thank you once again. Sir.